Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Today, as we begin our teaching portion, uh, we're going to tell a story or talk about an event called the Miracle Mile. Now, I won't ask for a show of hands for those of you that may witness this, because uh, the Miracle Mile took place in 1954. So 1954, there are two men uh, known in the world at that time that can run a sub-four-minute mile. Now, I don't know a lot about running, but I know that is flying. A mile in less than four minutes running, not in a car, running. Their names are Roger Bannister and an Australian named John Landy. Uh, These two men who can run this sub-four-minute mile uh, are scheduled to meet at the British Empire Games in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, And these two men, uh, known to be sub-four-minute milers, uh, in the same race, it became known as the Miracle Mile. Uh, As the race began, uh, John Landy took a really strong lead in the race, and there's some really good black and white, I shouldn't say good, there's some black and white footage of this race online, you can watch it, Uh, but Landy takes an early lead in the race, Uh, but on lap three, Roger Bannister, so there's a strategy to running this thing, right, Uh, it's not just run as hard as you can, that seems like what I would try to do, but there is a strategy that runners follow, and as the race is going on, they get into lap three, Roger Bannister began to realize that his original strategy wasn't working, and so he just pours himself out and begins to gain on first place, Landy. Uh, Both men, and if you can imagine trying to run a four-minute mile, are pouring every ounce of their strength, every ounce of their focus and their energy is going into this race. And as they come out of lap uh, three and in the last turn onto the home stretch, history was about to be made. But the history that was made that day was perhaps not what you might imagine with two world record runners in the same race. You see, as John Landy, as he's coming out of the turn, he is in first place ahead of Roger Bannister, who is now in second. And Landy, from his first place position, made the biggest mistake of his career. You see, Landy, running in first place, he wasn't sure where Bannister was. He couldn't hear his steps, and he made the mistake that cost him the race. He looked back. And there's a picture that captures this moment in time. You see, Landy, he, he was in first place. He had the stamina. He had a clear view of the finish line of the prize, but yet he looked back. And when he looked over his left shoulder, Bannister passed him on his blind side and won the race. You see, Bannister, he, he would go on to win after he passed him on the blind side. He would go on to win uh, the race several yards ahead of Landy. Now, uh, Bannister, he, he finished the mile in three minutes and 58 seconds. 
And Landy also finished under four minutes, which was the first time in history that two men uh, completed a mile in less than four minutes in the same race. But the photos that commemorate this, that commemorate the miracle mile, they're not showing two men finishing a sub-four-minute mile. They're showing the moment that John Landy looked back. He took his eyes off the prize, and he lost the race. There was even later a statue uh, made of bronze, which, you, like, there's a lot of things you make a statue about in life, right? But the moment you look back, it's remembering this. And years later, Landy, who, who did the looking back, he said, uh, Lot's wife, so speaking of the Old Testament story, Lot's wife looked back and she was turned into a pillar of salt. I looked back and was turned into bronze. So clearly he had a, gained a sense of humor by that time. As we continue in our series today, the Apostle Paul, you know, he's no stranger to foot races. Uh, the Olympic Games were a huge part of Greco and Roman world, and Paul had an understanding long before the miracle mile. He understood that the secret to winning the race is to keep your focus on the finish line. And in fact, I, I think he would say it's the one focus, it's the one focus that he gives his whole life to. As we continue in our teaching series, Living the Jesus Life, we're going to hear his words for our lives. We're going to hear his encouragement to forget what is behind and with all your might, focus on what lies ahead. Focus on the prize because we see the truth that living the Jesus life is not done looking back. Living the Jesus life is not done looking back. Uh, today, we're in part series of our teaching series uh, through the letter of Philippians. Uh, last year, we looked at the first 12 verses of chapter 3, and, and there we see Paul uh, telling us a little bit about his really impressive trophy case from his past. Before he met Jesus, before he met and had an encounter with Christ, you, you may have really thought or you've been believed that Paul had it all going for him. Uh, he was born into the right family, a part of the right nation. He had all the religious lingo and the to-dos down pat. He knew the law forwards and backwards, and he had such a zeal for the law of uh, the Jewish faith that he even persecuted Christians. But for Paul, as he realizes true life, uh, he's looking back on all of those things he used to count on, all of those things that he thought was actually making him right with God. He looks on all of those things, and now he considers them garbage. He considers them garbage. You see, Paul learned through living the Jesus life, he learned a lesson that we all must learn, that religion has no power to save anyone. Religion has no power to save anyone. Only Jesus does. You see, Paul has found a new focus in life from the trophy case of his past, his new focus, he gives that to us there in verse 10 and 11 of chapter 3 when he says, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. You see, Paul understood that all of that religious fervor, all of those things he used to count on couldn't save him. Only Jesus could save him. 
as we continue in our teaching text today, uh, Paul wants his readers to understand that he's not uh, putting himself on a pedestal. Uh, He's not even saying that he's checked all these boxes, that he has arrived, if you will. And quite the opposite, he makes it perfectly clear that he has not arrived and he's not taking his eye off the prize. And that's where we begin in verse 12 of our teaching text today of chapter 3. So, I want to know Christ, that's life focus, giving my life to, and he says, not that I've already obtained all this, or that I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Paul has given us his life mission, his heart's desire that I want to know Christ. And and within that, we see that that is a present reality that he is experiencing uh, to live in the power of Jesus, to know the participation in his sufferings. But yet we also see that there is more to that relationship, more Christ, more expression of that faith that he hasn't yet gotten to. And Paul is making it his life mission, his life focus to press in, to realize the fullness of Jesus for all of eternity. And we have to remember that this is written by a man in prison. Uh, This is written by a man who has been persecuted, been beaten for his faith. And we see in this truth that there's no imprisonment, there's no threat, there's no distraction, there's nothing that is going to take his focus off of living the Jesus life and knowing that expression through all of eternity. As I've been thinking about Paul's focus and his determined, dogged attitude in this, I I remember a picture uh, that I used to see in some of my high school teachers' classrooms, and I brought it here. That's the message. (laughs) Don't give up. Don't quit. When it feels like you're down, when it's all maybe seemingly over, don't quit. Don't ever give up. Don't ever stop trying. Don't ever stop leaning in and pressing into the life God has called you to. Don't give up. Don't quit. This is Paul's life motive. It's his life energy. It's what he's giving himself to. Every ounce of who he is is given to taking hold of the prize of eternal life with Christ Jesus. And he's calling his readers, he's calling us to the same focus and the same goal. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you today for uh, your spirit, Lord, your word. Uh, Lord, we thank you that That, Father, as you inspired the Apostle Paul, as you strengthened him, as you gave him focus, Lord, that today you desire to do that in our hearts. And so, Father, help us to hear the encouragement, uh, uh, yes, the warning of your word today. Search us, Lord. We want our focus to be on you. Lord, I know I'm easily distracted. Focus is a problem for me. So, Lord, we want to focus on you today. And we want to shape our lives around the eternal reality of your redemption story in Christ Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, speak to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's dive back into our teaching text at verse 13. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. 
But one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Throughout chapter 3, Paul has been uh, using his own life, using his own story as a teaching example, if you will, uh, to help unpack the truth that he needs his friends and his readers to understand. And so we see for all that he has accomplished in the Lord, uh, with all the suffering that he's endured, uh, it would be easy for Paul at this point uh, to take it easy. I mean, he's been on missionary journeys. He's been uh, persecuted and beaten and in prison. Not one person would blame him if he just said, I'm going to take a minute. Right? Like if he would have just reclined back and said, next man's up, I gotta, I'm out. Nobody would have blamed him. But we see in this truth that, that far from taking it easy, far from thinking that he's got it down, he is leaning in like an Olympic runner in a race. He, he's not arrived. He, he's not there yet. He's not uh, made it to any superstar status. And so even in this imprisonment with all of the seeming reasons to relax, he is pressing in all the more to fulfill his calling before the Lord. And look at the focus. He says, one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. So he's, he's illustrating a little bit what this life looks like, what this focus, this pursuit is all about. And he says, one thing I do. That should really capture our attention today, friends. One thing I do is forgetting what is behind. Forgetting what is behind. You see, Paul... He had gotten to witness enough races, enough foot races, to understand the truth that the Miracle Mile and John Landy illustrated for us in 1954. You cannot look back. You can't look back. Even in my very, very limited experience with running, like I've gotten to experience this a little bit. Uh, I, I was running on a treadmill one morning, podcast in, and uh Focusing forward, running, everything's going all right. And I, I felt like I heard something behind me, like maybe somebody was coming down the steps. And I, I, before I could even get my head completely around to see if someone was coming down the steps, I, I like stepped off the side of the belt and like had to grab onto the handlebars for dear life because in one instant of lost focus, I was about to be off that treadmill. You can't look back. Your focus matters. Living the Jesus like Paul has figured this thing out. Uh, he, he had some really impressive things in his past, right? I mean, he had all the accomplishments of his old life, but he's already said, no, 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 that, that's, that's like garbage to me. We even would look at his life and say, well, look at the accomplishments that he's done spreading the news of Jesus, but he doesn't count on those things. Paul's past also had a dark side. Uh, if you were to read Acts chapter 8, uh, it says there, speaking of Paul, it says uh, that he went from house to house. So Paul was on a personal mission, like a manhunt kind of thing. He was going house to house, dragging out Christians and throwing them in jail. Paul's past had some dark moments. Now the full circle irony is that he's in jail for being a Christian. 
He says, forgetting what is behind. He's not counting on past achievements. He's not looking at present situations. And he's not being burdened by past failures. He's focusing forward. He's focusing forward. And as necessary and true as that was for Paul, it is for you and me today, friends. We cannot, we cannot live the life God has called us to focusing on the past. We can't live the life God has called us to looking back. Uh, Imagine with me for just a moment. uh, Imagine with me if Paul didn't get this. Imagine with me if he never could let go of his past. Uh, First, we would have no letter to read, right? Half of our New Testament would be missing. The greater Roman world would have had to hear about Jesus some other way. You see, if if Paul would have felt too ashamed about who he was, if he would have felt too unworthy to be a servant of Jesus, too unworthy to tell the good news story, history would have been different. And I don't think it's too much to say that we would have been different because we wouldn't have had his teaching and his truth to glean from. Now, when Paul's saying, forget what's behind He's not talking about like amnesia or losing his long-term memory. He's made a conscious decision, you see. He's made a conscious decision not to let his past have power over his future. Not to let his past have power over his future. You see, Paul is understanding and communicating that, that he's found forgiveness in Jesus. All the old glories, all the old skeletons have been buried with Christ. But now Paul has new life to live through Jesus, a life lived looking forward to the future. That's the Jesus life. That's what Paul has found, friends, and so can you. So can you. The Jesus life is not lived looking back. Look, I I understand today that there can be pain in the past for some of us. That that there can be brokenness or there can be failure or, or regrets And as hard as we try, we can't snap our fingers and suddenly not remember it all. But the call and the encouragement of this text today is that we would stop giving our past power over our future. That we would cut it off. Forget what is behind you see, that, that's an essential part of the message of the gospel. Like That's forgiveness. That's redemption. That's God's work in your life. That your past doesn't have the power to define your future. Really, your past only has the power that you give it. And Paul's saying, cut it off. You have new life to live in Jesus. Forgetting what is behind. We have to make that conscious decision to forget the past and concentrate on God's preferred future for our lives. So so imagine with me for a little bit. We we can imagine maybe how Paul's story would be different, how history might be different. How would your story be different forgetting the past and embracing God's future? How would your story be different today? Whose life Whose life might you impact for the glory of God if you took Paul's approach to bury the past, let the past be dead, gone, and forgiven in Christ Jesus, and relentlessly live into the new life he's called you? How would your life be different? 
How would, you, how would some of the, your family members, your friends, your co-workers, how would their lives be changed? Because they see a new hope in you. They see the power of Jesus in your life. You see, the Jesus life is not lived looking back. It's not lived burdened down by the past. It's lived straining towards Let's continue. Look at what Paul says. He says, straining toward what is ahead. Towards what is ahead. I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so as much effort as it takes and as much decision as it takes to forget the past, to cut it off, it takes that much more focus and attention to lean into the future, to live a life of hope. And Paul's imagery here, it's of that athlete uh, straining and leaning in and pouring all they have into finishing. That's the imagery. He's saying, I'm holding nothing back from pursuit of the prize. And for the prize here, it's not a floral wreath. It's not a trophy or a Nike endorsement. You see, Paul, the prize that he is striving towards, is the realized hope of God's redemption story in Jesus. The hope of eternal life, of new resurrection body, a new heaven and a new earth, where the believer is present with Jesus for all of eternity. And the beautiful and compelling truth for us today, why this should be encouraging is that we are running for the same prize as Paul, friends. We are running for the prize. We are a people of hope, a people of promise. And he's inviting us to look up. Look up. Don't quit. There's a prize ahead. There's a prize ahead. Listen to uh, Revelation 21. Uh, John there, the revelator, is according and just writing down what he sees. And he says, there will be a new heaven and a new earth that God's dwelling will be with his people. That's the prize, friends. He says, God himself will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no crying, no pain. All of those old things have gone away and God is making all things new. That's the prize. Heaven, eternity with Jesus, the full redemption story. That's the prize we're looking at. That's the prize Paul is calling us to live our lives in pursuit of. To make that our focus. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Friends, that's a cause. That's a reality. That's a hope worth giving every ounce of your energy to make sure you attain it. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't get off course. Don't get so burdened down by the past that you can't live into the future reality of his kingdom. Don't quit. You see, the Jesus life, it's not lived looking back. It's lived with a fixed hope on the eternal reality of Jesus Christ. So friends, is that the prize you're running your race for today? Is that the prize? As, as you make decisions about school or at work or you navigate relationships is your eye on that eternal reality? 
when you make decisions about what to do with money, how to spend your time, what prize, what goal is in view? The eternal or the temporal? We can encounter a conflict. No show of hands needed. We've all been there, right? When you encounter conflict, what's on your mind? Prize of eternity, of leaning in and giving Jesus all I have. Or is the prize something a little shorter? You see, friends, what you're focused on, what you're looking to, what you're living for matters. For all of the encouragement in this passage, uh, Paul also issues a warning. He issues a warning that a life lived with a worldly mindset is lived and destined for a different prize. So listen to the contrast here as we read verse 18 and 19. Listen to the contrast between the focus and the destination. Verse 18, he says, For I have often told you now and tell you again, even with tears. So once again, we hear and see the heart of Paul. He's not just pounding. He is weeping because it's that important. He says, I tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things you see the contrast there right you see the contrast he he set up a clear contrast between those who focus on Jesus and those who focus on earthly things and a mind that is focused on on earthly things is, is governed by this pursuit of fleshly desires what our body drives want and an eye that's not focused on the Lord, when we lose sight of the Lord, we lose sight of righteousness and right living, and we get distorted and twisted. And he's saying that, look, we even begin to take glory in things that we should be ashamed of. And the prize for living focused on earthly things is destruction. <laughs> like the, the difference... A mindset focused on Christ Jesus as the the eternal reality of heaven and a new earth and new heaven. No tears, no pain, no death. Or we focus on the world and find ourselves the prize of destruction. Your focus matters. Your focus matters today, friends. How's your race? (laughs) How's your race? Maybe, maybe today you would, you would say that, you know, I, my eye's on the prize. I've got some struggles, but I'm leaning into this life. Friend, be encouraged. <laughs> be encouraged. Lean in. Maybe, maybe today you'd say, I started out that way. But a couple laps in, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe... Maybe sin is, has tripped you up again. Maybe it's, it's this relentless baggage of the past that you just can't run because you're carrying so much baggage from the past. Maybe, maybe life's gotten in the way. 
And your focus has, has shifted from the eternal realities of Christ to what's in the moment. Maybe, maybe comparison has crept in. Maybe comparison has crept in and, and you just feel like everybody's running a better race than you. Everybody has it going on and you're just failing and floundering around and you're off track and off focus. No matter where you find yourself in this story today, in your race of life, will you hear Paul's encouragement? Don't quit. Focus. There is a prize ahead that will surpass anything we can ask or imagine. Don't miss it. And your focus today and in the days of living your Jesus life matters to that end. Don't miss it. Lean in with all you are to living out the life God has called you to. In every aspect, every area, live the Jesus life. The prize is worth it, friends. Finish the race finished race. We began this morning with a story about the failure of looking back. Uh, and I want to close with a story uh, that screams, don't quit. <laughs> don't quit. Uh, Derek Redmond uh, was a champion in the 400 meter run. Uh, in 1992, uh, he came to the Olympic Games in Barcelona as a favorite to win a medal in the 400 meter. As he lined up for the semifinal race, uh, he had his eye on the prize. He knew what he needed to do, but he had no idea what was just ahead. Tom Hammond and Craig Massback back at Olympic Stadium in Barcelona coming up to the men's 400-meter semifinals. Here are the lane assignments. Steve Lewis in lane three. Top four to Wednesday's final. Steve Lewis in lane three. Roberto Hernandez out quickly in four. Now down the back stretch. Ismael on the left of the screen is running very, very quickly. And inside of Lewis, Sunday Bada of Nigeria. And Derek Redmond of Great Britain has pulled up with an injury. Redmond is out. Derek Redmond, the British record holder and an important member of that British 4 by 400 meter relay team as he doesn't want anybody to help him. It'll be Lewis to win in 44.50. Look at this. He's going to try to finish his semifinal race. The British have a certain tradition of running which you have to respect a bizarre finish to this first semi-final of the men's 400 meters Derek Redmond of Great Britain pulled up with an injury halfway down the back stretch he's fighting off those trying to help him to finish the race in his lane and now the pain too much.
swelling throughout Olympic Stadium as Redmond, with assistance this time, approaches the finish line he had wanted so desperately to reach. That is the Olympic spirit. The Jesus life is not lived looking back. It's lived with a fixed focus and determination on the prize that lay before us in Christ Jesus. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't lose focus. There's a prize ahead, and you don't want to miss it. You know the reason? <laughs> you know the reason that, that we can look at this and be encouraged that I can say, don't quit. The one reason that we can say don't lose focus is because the Father is helping you run the race, friends. Don't quit. You're not in this thing alone. No matter how it feels, you're not in this alone. The Father is helping you run the race. Don't quit. Don't let pain or distraction or mistake or failure, don't let those things take you off course. Run the race at which God has called you to in Christ. We are a people of hope, friends. Look, I, I have a news feed too. <laughs> I get it. I think the news feed only proves the point Fix your eyes on the eternal. Fix your eyes on the hope of Jesus and His resurrection coming and our joining Him for eternity in a new heaven and a new earth free of pain, free of death and sin to be with God for eternity. Focus there and don't quit until you realize it. The Father is helping you run today. Lord, we thank you today that we don't run alone. That we don't run alone. Search us, Lord. Search our hearts, Lord. Check our focus. Lord, we want to be people unburdened by the past free to live the life you have called us to live so God search our hearts where we're continuing to live in the past to give the past authority that you don't intend it to have Lord show us where our focus has gotten off course Lord if our focus is on earthly things Lord Paul loved us enough to warn us that the end of that is destruction Lord, help us to focus on the encouragement, the call to participate in your grand redemption story, culminating, Lord, in a new heaven and a new earth and being with you for eternity. Fix our eyes on that prize, God. Fix our eyes on you. We know that you're helping us to run today. 
it be the one thing we do is to pursue you. And it's in your name we pray. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.